you'll have to forgive me. As I have to be very honest about something right now, I have absolutely no idea how this episode is going to go. I'd been meaning to do a mental health slash men also cry in the dark slash men also have fears type thing for some time. But being a get shit done type of person as I am, it's been on the back of my docket for some time. And the only reason I could think of for it not being done or out of the production booth for some time is only because I can only think of one which is actually I'm actually scared of how to go about it or I have to say basically I'm afraid of what I might say or what could come out so this is going to be another effort and vulnerability which is something I'm really working on and I've never been someone to shy away from transparency or shame or discomfort I'm very at ease outside of my comfort zone it's just that you know certain things are hard to admit because the first thing towards you know getting better and doing better and doing better every day is acknowledging where you're at where you come from and eventually where you want to end up but I feel this message matters I have no idea where this is going to go or how it's going to go but I hope you'll forgive me for you know you feel like I'm derailing or anything, but hey, here we are. Let's do this. So, I had a nervous breakdown a while ago, and um, I don't think the why matters, but more how I felt. And I talk about it, and it's a lot of very intense emotions, you know, just wrestling through me right now. But I do remember one circumstance which is funny and not at the same time. Bear with me. Um, colleague of mine, good friend, basically my brother. Um, we were working in the same office and he was like, you've never been to a Montreal Impact game. He's very big on soccer and he's like, you know, one of, uh, one of my basically soccer references. I'm from Haiti, but hey, I don't know anything about soccer. So I surround myself with very knowledgeable people, among which him. And he was telling me he's a very big fan of the Montreal Impact. And he was like, um... You've never been to an impact game. It's like, no, I haven't. It's like, well, you know, we must write this wrong right now. It's like, listen, there's a game, like, you know, this weekend. And, like, you know, I'll take care of the tickets. And you can pay me back when you want. It's not a problem. You know, let's do this. Like, you know, let's make it happen. It's like, okay, so when do I need to be? I was like, okay, game's at 7. And, uh, you know, we'll leave my house uh, for, like, 5.30. And, uh, you know, we'll have plenty of time to park. And just, like, you know, make stuff happen. It's like, you know, but we're making this happen. So this weekend, you know, 5.30, be at my house. Okay. So give or take, you know, a couple of days pass and everything, like, you know, Saturday, Saturday, I show up at his house at 5.30, but 
as ridiculous as it sounds, it was 5.30 a.m. And I'm parked in front of his house at 5.30 a.m. When it never dawned on me that a professional soccer match would never happen at 7 a.m. So the game was at 7 p.m. I looked up on my phone and the game was at 7 p.m. How this story is related is because of the fact that when I texted him saying I'm out front, I'm like, something in my head just banged up. I was like, listen, you should probably check the schedule. And I realized that the game was at 7 p.m. And I'm like, where did your logic go? How, how disconnected are you? You know, as I started my car and basically gunned back home, you know, and here I am. And the second I left, my phone rings because basically I woke him up and he was like, did you genuinely just leave my house just now? Because I heard a motor start and I heard a motor turn over and just leave. Was that really you in front of my house at 530 in the morning? I'm like, yeah. It's like, dude, we've talked about this. I'm worried about you. And I am again extending a hand and telling you that I think that we need to get you help. It's one story that when you look at it, you say that it sounds funny in the circumstance, but the context is a frightening one. Wasn't sleeping much. I had a very difficult commute. Um... I had a new baby. Well, we had a new baby. Um, personal circumstances, I don't think it's right for me to get into because, you know, it's personal. I can only put myself out there, but I choose, I always choose to, you know, keep, you know, family matters in the family. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, I don't mind talking about my own personal circumstances and my own personal struggles. But let's just say I was dealing with a lot. And it was one of the defining moments that made me realize that, yeah, it could be that I'm not doing too well. So over the course of the next few days, I sought out um, my company's employee assistance program. And I called a few, um, I called, you know, the employee hotline and spoke with a social worker. And I was telling them about, you know, my own personal circumstances and the fact that I wasn't eating too much and I was really stressed about work and I was stressed about, you know, kids and, you know, finances and everything. And because, again, men are all about performance, right? You always want to make sure that you're doing well, you know. And when every time that you think you're okay, and when you realize and when you have to come face to face with your own vulnerability and realize that, you know what? No, you're not okay. You're not okay. And I'm going to use a word a lot of people use, which is fine. And I remember this, and I don't remember where I saw it, but um, somebody had a definition for fine as an acronym. Feelings inside not expressed. And I think that's very important to keep in mind. When someone tells you they're fine, you know that feeling you get in the back of your head when someone tells you fine because it's the easiest thing to say? It's just like, you know, a defense mechanism. I was very good at that. And my brother, Gio, was also, he's got a very, very fine-tuned bullshit meter. 
so he would always call me out on it. It's like, you know why I love you? Because you're so courteous and so polite and so nice, but you're very dishonest with me right now. It's like, I love you, so it passes, because I know you're probably just trying to shelter me, but I'm, you're my brother and I love you. This is him talking to me. You're my brother and I love you, and I want you to know that I'm going to keep coming back to you and asking you how you're doing, and please don't tell me you're fine, because it's obvious bullshit. I had to come to terms with that because I was like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm, just, no, I'm, I'm fine. It's like, I'm, I'm okay. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's, you know, a difficult day like any other, but, you know, I'll rise above and everything. Hey, I'm awesome. And for the longest time, you know, I felt like a crock because deep down, after speaking with the social worker and had to come to terms because they have the right, you know, amount of questions to ask you. And before you even start, I really enjoyed that because... You speak to someone under the veil of confidentiality, but they have to warn you that if part of our conversation reveals that you're being, you're at a point, you know, where you just might be a risk to yourself or to any, um, you know, underage uh, children or, you know, elderly or somebody else, basically, they have to report you. So I, I'm totally down with that, but... The counsel I got and the different discussions I had took me about maybe five or six calls. I never met anybody at a sit down. They did offer me, but at the same time, like you know what, I think it's okay. I think I'm okay. But it took me a while to work on myself, and then having to acknowledge through a question that she asked me is like, "Do you maybe think that you're taking on too much? Do you maybe?" on your head, like inside, deep down, is it possible you might be taking on too much? You might be asking too much out of yourself. Is that possible? Do you think that's a possibility? And that really set me back. I'm like, huh, maybe I am. Maybe I am. So through a different set of circumstances, I lost my job. We don't need to get into that, but yeah, I lost my job. But I think, um, in hindsight... It was the best thing for me because I genuinely needed to stop. As far as I'm concerned, I was taking on a lot through various circumstances and I realized that, you know what, I was not being my honest self and in doing so was being a hindrance to a lot of people. My colleagues, um, my coworkers, uh, my spouse, my kids, I was not being my honest and best self and in doing so, you can't give what you don't have. So what I was basically giving out was tainted goods. And I had to come to terms with that. Restructure, refresh. And I believe that losing my job, now, in hindsight, as scary as it was, was a good thing. Um... Mental health is not just about crazy. It's an illness, you know? Just like a muscle, just like eating, sleeping, mental health is an illness. And in doing so, has various symptoms. And also remember that nobody is safe. It does not discriminate. Mental health does not discriminate. I'm one of the nicest people ever. I'm one of the most positive people ever. That doesn't mean I don't have my dark days. 
over the past year or two, I've done a lot of work on myself, having to restructure, recharge, and redefine my thought processes. You can't give what you don't have. And at a certain point, I was tapped out. I had nothing left to give. And for me, that was a very big awakening. It was very much of an ego downer to realize that even I had frailties and even I had weaknesses. Even I had to come to terms where I hit a wall where I'm like, you know what? I, I'm out. I can't, I can't do this. I'm, I'm tired. I'm exhausted mentally and physically and emotionally. I'm just drained. I'm in a, I'm in a very dark period. I'm insecure. I'm afraid of being a good father. I'm afraid of being a good husband. I worry about being a good friend. Am I present enough? Am I, you know, contributing enough? Am I being a good colleague? Am I performing as expected? Am I giving what I need to give? Am I... You're so focused on showing off your best self to the world. You're never able to center and look on the inside so you can give out, you know, inside out. What is going on inside? Inside was a lot of turmoil. Inside was a lot of fear. Inside was a lot of insecurity. Inside was a lot of um, dissatisfaction, a lot of anger, a lot of instability, personal struggles. You know, what some psychologists might call limiting, damaging beliefs doesn't mean they're not true doesn't mean, but it's still stuff you have to wrestle with. The internal dialogue. That's the word I was looking for. The internal dialogue can be very powerful for the good and the bad. And you need to learn to hone and tame the beast. I am not a psychologist. I am not a, you know, reference or a resource in the realm of mental health. I'm talking, I'm probably talking and you're not even following. But I understand that it's important to talk. It does get better. Talking helps. It's important to know that you're not alone. It's important to know that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. I cried to my wife. I told her, like, you know what? I'm not feeling able. I'm not feeling okay. I'm not feeling as if I'm doing enough. Because men are always about, is am I getting the job done? Am I being efficient? Am I performing? And am, am I being what I need to be? Am I being what you expect of me? Not just within our home, within our marriage, but outside for other people. And here we go back to the conversation of why do you care what other people feel? Why do you care what other people think about you? Perception is everything. You know, let me smile when I feel dead inside. Darkness looms at every corner. What happens when you let the beast take over? I've had dark days. If we're talking about um, personal harm or suicide or everything, because I have lost friends and colleagues when the job and life and the finances take over and you just don't know what to do. 
I used to work in uh in uh at a hospital and while I was there a colleague from a previous job unfortunately um we lost him because he took his own life and um that really shook me because he was one of the nicest people I knew so when I heard about it it kind of shook me a little bit this was before I was dealing with all of this um but this person I was working with at the hospital told me usually for men it takes three stages three triggers financial emotional and professional so when the money when you're stressed about money when you're stressed about work and when you're stressed like within your relationship or marriage or serious relationship whatsoever when all these shields are broken basically you take the next step when you feel you have no avenue left and you need a break you really actually just need a break you just need everything to shut up usually men are rational people men are sequential if a man decides that you know what this is the next avenue there's no stopping because by that time it's too late and unfortunately we live still in a reality where the the identity of masculinity is all about strength it's all about being strong it's all about putting a wall and being the pillar of the family and the marriage and the parenting and the job and everything you have to perform you have to you cannot be frail you cannot be weak you cannot have moments of weakness i call bullshit i don't know the statistics but i'm sure they're totally unreliable in terms of the rate of male suicides because i don't believe men talk enough i truly believe that there are a lot of men going through a lot of pain having to deal with juggling what lewis house calls the mask of masculinity because sometimes you do have to put up a front for your wife or a significant other for your kids because they look up to you for your colleagues who rely on you for your friends who come to you for consult and counsel you know for that surge of awesomeness i say that because for the longest time and i basically had to come to a point where i had to tell my friends i'm not as awesome as i used to be i don't feel awesome and i'm just about ready to stop saying telling people to stay awesome because i'm not awesome myself so what am i telling people it's not about marketing or anything it's about i truly believe every time i share a message or a post into the world i really want you to feel the honest to god truth of how i feel and what i want you to embody within your own personal life and struggle so when i tell you something if i'm not feeling it you can't give what you don't have so for the longest time i felt like a fraud i felt like a hypocrite so a lot of these things you're probably going to say like get over it I'm not talking about having a bad day. Everybody has bad days, but stress, anxiety and depression are very real. They're very real. I'm not talking about Robin Williams. I'm not talking about Chester Bennington. I'm talking about everyday Joe Schmoes just like you and me who are going through the day just trying to do their best. Everybody wants to be a better significant other for their spouse. 
everybody wants to be a better parent. Everybody wants to be a good colleague. Everybody wants, you know, just to do well. And everybody is allowed to have these moments of weaknesses where you're asking yourself and you're actually doubting whether or not you're doing well. It wasn't fun. And it took a long time for me to admit that to myself. I was part of a pattern where I was genuinely setting myself up for this breakdown. You cannot give what you want, what you don't have. I was tapped out and I was still trying to give, 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 give. Self-preservation is not being selfish. I've basically shifted somewhat in how I deal with the world now. It's not being selfish. It's about being altruistic. It's about, again, acknowledging where you're at and recognizing what you can and what you can't and being rigorously truthful about this reality and this current state of both body and mind. I make a lot of effort to sleep at more reasonable and responsible times. I don't consume as much media as I used to. I speak an honest, sometimes hard truth to people that surround me. I'm very protective of my time. I try to navigate around others' toxicity while respecting their own personal struggles or mishandlings of their own personal circumstances. I try as much as I can because I am human and try to not judge but to help and, con and counsel as best I can while at the same time shielding myself because I understand that while people want and sometimes need a source or an avenue to vent, I don't need to be your sponge. If you need someone to talk to and to help you through this storm that you're going through, we will talk about it. But I cannot be a sponge because when I take on your toxicity, chances are I'll spew it on somebody else mixed with my own, not a healthy mix. I am hoping that I'm a better father. I love my kids dearly. And on those moments where the kids are too much, because anybody with young kids will know this, kids sometimes can be assholes. I will tag my wife. I'm like, babe, I can't do this now. I really need some time. Jim helps when those days where you just need to hit a wall, just hit some iron. Drink a lot of water. It's okay to laugh. Call some friends. Don't isolate yourself. All these tricks that most people know, these are basics. And these also need to be reminded. Self-preservation is not selfish. There is nothing wrong with preserving yourself and protecting your personal bubble. We are a community. We are a community. We're a people. And I'm all about connections. 
I'm all about communicating. I'm all about sharing. I'm all about helping out and extending a helping hand. This is what I'm doing with this message. Being vulnerable and admitting that we are all a work in progress. And we have to work on ourselves. I'm certainly working on myself. I care about each and every one of you. And in doing so, need to let you know that it's okay to not be in the mood. It's okay to feel weak sometimes. But if you're going to take away anything, don't give up. Reach out. Talk it out. Use the words that you feel to express what's inside. It's okay if you're not okay. If you're fine, I'm hearing feelings inside not expressed. And if that's the case, I'm more than willing to listen, to allow you to express them. I believe in this message of awesomeness. And together, I truly hope that we can look towards the next day and continue to stay awesome.